This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi, on this show, we're going to be talking about spiritual narcissism, and this is actually a really important topic, and what we really look to do on these Narcissistic Central shows is grant a lot of information that's really going to help people uh, navigate their way through the phenomena of narcissistic abuse, and also, too, a part of the healing process is very much about recognising where we did get led into narcissistic relationships, how it went wrong, and how we can really empower ourselves to not go down the same tracks again. So within this show, Nancy and I are going to explore spiritual narcissism, and there can be a lot of disparaging and off-putting information regarding spiritual narcissists, which unfortunately can deter individuals from taking a spiritual journey, yet it's really important to realise that spiritual narcissists do exist And most definitely people have been molested mentally, physically and financially by spiritual gurus. And that can really happen on an organisational level. It can happen on on, uh, a religious line. It can happen in a self-empowerment line. And it can also happen very much on a personal level with meeting a narcissist that espouses that they are spiritual. So and it can be daunting to put your spiritual self in the hands of another. It is very true that many people do espouse spirituality. However, maybe they're not walking the talk. And that's what we really need to be very, very aware of. And I think that's a very good rule in life. Words can be cheap. It's the actions of an individual that really shows who that person is. And alternatively, it can be very easy to trust spiritual people who appear to live a principle-centered life, yet who don't walk the talk. Narcissists are very good at at appearing real, especially on the surface, and it can be very easy to believe that a narcissist is spiritual, yet find out the hard way that they're not. 
So this discussion regarding spiritual narcissism is not only about covering the common narcissists in relationships, but also the public figure narcissists. And this is also about finding out why codependent can be easily drawn in by spiritual narcissists and why it's essential to take your time to know what and who is or isn't real. So that's what we're going to be covering today, and it's a very important topic. Hello. Hello, Nancy, can you hear me? Hello, Nancy, can you hear me? Yeah, we seem to have lost Nancy at the moment. So let me just, I'm going to continue and we're going to try to call back in and I'll try and get Nancy. So if you can just, yeah, it's one of those days, you know, technology can be a little bit of a problem. So let's just see what we can do about this. Now I'm just going to check out in the chat room to see if everything is fine and you guys can actually hear me. Okay, because I'm still having this feedback problem. Okay, now it's gone again. All right, so we're going to get Nancy back in in a minute. And I'll I'll lead the way with this because there is a lot of clients that I do have that it can be a real problem in as far as spiritual uh, narcissism goes. Nancy, have I got you now? Yep, yep, I'm yes, on. Yes, sorry, darling. I don't know what happened there. A couple of times you dropped out and then you came back on, so anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened there. But uh, look, hopefully, you know, people heard the uh, heard the introduction to the show. There were some technical problems going on this end. I am not a technological guru by any stretch of the <laughs> imagination. I do get by and sometimes uh, some curveballs do throw me, so... Hopefully people heard the introduction. If not, you can actually read about it on the show. And we're about to get going in the show about spiritual narcissism. And welcome, Nance. Thanks for coming on again and uh, yep. helping out with the show because I love having you. <laughs> yes, actually, these shows are quite fun to do. <laughs> so, um, they are. Yeah, so and very close I didn't. To our heart. Mm, I didn't hear sort of the end of your introduction, but I've I've got most of it, so I sort of know where we're going, I think. Um, Could I just start out? That's good. Well, I'll let you start off with this, because this this topic was your idea, and I think it's a great topic. Yeah, well, one of the things actually I'd actually like to put to you as a question first off is is in in your literature you actually write about uh, narcissism being rather a spiritual disorder, rather than a psychological one. Could you sort of explain what you mean by that? Yeah, look, I'd really love to. And look, I think the thing is, is when we are dealing with a narcissistic relationship, there's so much of it going on on a psychic level, on an energetic level. And on a logical level, it really doesn't make sense. And I think that anybody that's been in a narcissistic relationship can attest to that incredible feeling like you're being sucked dry, like your energy is being sucked out of you. And also, too, you don't even have to have the narcissist in your physical vicinity to have those times when you are spiralling into the thoughts and the abuse and the injustices. 
It literally feels like, on an energetic level, that the narcissist is at the other end of that with a hose sucking you out of you. Yeah. So it's like feeling like there's just a black hole out there that you're just getting drawn towards and there's not much you can do about it. Yeah, so. and I think a lot of it goes on on a very, very energetic level and and this is why I really believe that narcissistic abuse forces us really to go way past the logic, way past the mind to really understand energy and the energetic level and truth of ourselves. So to me, it is a profound spiritual experience and that's really why I believe that the the uh the ways through are spiritual. You know, it's about yes. consciousness. Yes. And really, I yes. mean, I know we've sort of touched on this before, but you know, it's actually when you look at it in that respect, it's one of the reasons why the narcissist does come into your life in the first place is is for you to actually oh. come to that point where you understand that. Hugely. That it is all about that Hugely. energy level. That's right, that's exactly right. And that's why the solutions aren't just logical head solutions. So you can, when trying to recover from narcissistic abuse, go to psychologists and counsellors for years trying to resolve it at a head level and you just can't. And that's right, yeah. Besides, it never makes any sense anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, when we look at this whole spiritual thing, look, I know, and, you know, look, I'll, I'll talk a little bit lead the way, you know, with my story. When I met my ex-narcissistic partner, one of the biggest attractions for me was he was spiritual, in inverted commas. Yep. And I remember the first night that I met him, my initial impression was, oh, you've got some issues. You know, there was this darkness, there was like this distance, there was this... You know, I felt like I was really looking at a tormented soul in many, many ways. But then when him and I were left alone, which was just an incredible synchronicity that was just so meant to happen, really. And in that time, then all of a sudden, this man was telling me about this spiritual quest he'd been on, how he'd been um, and stayed with the Red Indians, how he had tattoos that were spiritual, how he was, you know, and I'd had a lot to drink. That's the truth. But I remember mm. at the time I thought, wow, he's a spiritual guy. This is so what I've been looking for. Yeah. So I fell very easily into oh, his spiritual. That was huge mm-hmm. for me. Just straight out believing what they what he said rather than seeing something beyond that. Yeah. And Yeah, and yeah absolutely. And look, what I found really quite interesting about the narcissist and the codependent is there actually is a lot of narcissists out there getting into spirituality. There really, yes, there really is. is. And that's really yep. interesting. I used to run a spiritual college that had a lot of teachers and a lot of people coming and a lot of students. Now, in hindsight, I didn't know it then, but looking back at it, I know there were narcissists coming to spiritual classes. Yes. Absolutely, and, and, and 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 to be perfectly honest, is absolutely a perfect cover for them because they can use and like I suppose you know when you read all the New Age books and stuff, there's a lot of jargon, you know. Live in the moment and be in the, and if you're not going into a deeper level on this, it can all look very superficial, and you know and 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 
and and to a narcissist it suits them perfectly i'm living in the moment i'm doing what feels good for me rather than um and it's all about you know this appearance thing i can look like this person it doesn't mean they feel like that person but it's it can be very very easy to fool people into believing that they are this spiritual person when in fact it's just a cover well, look, and that's right. And look, the thing is, too, we've got to really think of the nature of the narcissist. The narcissist is somebody who is looking for tools and ways to manipulate people and to be trusted. That's a big part of the arsenal. Yes. So to be spiritual, to espouse spirituality, especially for a male narcissist, is a very, very handy tool to have. Yes, and it can be... Very and obviously. Right. And, and obviously that's right, and, and because you know, you know, your average female is looking for somebody who's a, who's got a bit of depth and is you know thinks about things a bit deeper. You yes. can all of a sudden just lash onto that and go, oh wow, look, he understands all this stuff, and we're really it's just all surface stuff. Well, absolutely, absolutely. And the thing is, too, a narcissist. If we understand the nature of a narcissist, he is a black hole. He's a no person on an inner level that needs to pull energy. He needs to pull light to ease and 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 take the emphasis off the darkness and the pain. He needs to pull light. So narcissists are very, very attracted to women of light. And that really is a codependent without boundaries. A woman in light can be an empowered person with boundaries and she's going to look after her own needs first and then radiate that out to others in win-win ways. But an That's narcissist right, yeah. isn't after that. No. And, and, and a lot of people that are going to spiritual self-help stuff really are codependents that have had enough of the pain that are wanting to heal and improve themselves. And if they're on their journey without empowered boundary function. And a lot of spiritual schools don't teach it. And until I got into self-empowerment the way I did, I didn't used to teach it at my school because I didn't know it. Yeah. So people are learning a lot of healing and a lot of learning how to feel better, but they can still be stuck in that new age thing of come from love. Give love. Give of yourself. Trust people. Love them without boundaries. Now, that's very, very dangerous. And I didn't know it. And that's what I used to espouse and teach too. So people were starting to come from love and starting to trust, but they still didn't know real life boundaries and ascertaining people. So that can make them absolutely a target for a narcissist who goes, well, here's a giving, loving woman who's going to give and give and give and give and love and love and love. Perfect for me. Mm-hmm. to walk into her life espousing spirituality that I'm a great spiritual guy because she's going to fall right in and start trusting me and she's going to give and give and give which means I can mine and take energy that's right so, so how, how would you suggest that it's the easy, easy, easiest way to spot somebody that is narcissistic that pretends to be seeking the spiritual journey or, you know, I mean, maybe on a level they believe they are, but um, what would show you what these people, do you think, give themselves away? Yeah. Great question and a really important question, and it's the same for anybody in life that you're bringing into your life on on any sort of 
meaningful level, whether it be business, whether it be friendship, whether it be a love relationship, is to take your time, is to not completely throw yourself into this relationship. Retain your boundaries, retain your self-respect. And, and not in a suspicious way, but in an observation way. And the difference between suspicion and pain, you know, if we're going in with a lens of, well, I'm going to see what's wrong with this person, really what we're saying is my relationships are not happy and healthy because people aren't giving me what I want them to give me. Now, we've got to get very, very clear, and this is about healing codependency, which I bang on about all the time, but it's so, so important. When you heal your codependency, you know nobody owes you anything. They are allowed to be and do whatever they want to be and do, and if it's not a match for you, don't participate. Walk away, keep moving. Don't try and fix it and change it. So when you're healthy enough to do that, you can start hanging out with people, you can be yourself with people, But if you start to see things and, more importantly, feel things that don't seem authentic, where the actions don't match the words, and narcissists will show you cracks very quickly, then you start asking some questions. Or you trust yourself and you pull away and you go, well, you know what, this person says they're this and that, but they're letting sleep this and that, which really doesn't match spirituality. So it was like my ex-partner, the narcissist, here he was espousing spirituality and the first night we went out for dinner, he drank outrageously and drove his car drunk. Now that's Mm -hmm. not a spiritually aligned value, Mm -hmm. okay? It's not. I thought it was exciting, fun. You know, mm. so I just went, oh, okay, whatever, and and I didn't connect the dots. You know, now, and I mean, I've got a great partner now, but if I was out dating, and when I was out dating, I was looking for somebody with values and character. So the actions had to match the words. Otherwise, the person right. wasn't authentic. So when we trust ourselves, we don't need people to be authentic. We don't. If they're not, they're not. No big deal. But if they're not authentic, we go, well, this isn't really what I want to add into my life because if we're adding people into our life that aren't authentic, well, then it is going to be damaging to our character and who we want to be in life and where we want to go. So, you know, people can say, and they have said to me, well, that's going to eliminate everybody. Well, actually, no, it's not. Because there are great people with authentic character and my life's full of them now. And mind you, when I say full of them, I don't have the quantity I used to have. I have quality. And And you only need a few people with quality to be able to create a great life with. But one person without quality and resources and character can completely bring your life down especially if you end up in a relationship with them or marrying them. Yep, I totally agree with that. So when when it really... Yeah, you go. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's just sort of when, um, I suppose, when we go through the process ourselves, especially coming out of a, a narcissistic relationship... And we're all, we're all very, very disconnected. It can be very, very difficult to even listen to 
I know I had I first had some <laughs> connections with people that were rather rather narcissistic in a spiritual light, and I actually was coming rapidly to the conclusion that it was all a pile of BS and it was just a way of these people to, um, I don't know, lord it over everybody else saying, look look at me, I'm so spiritual, I'm so intuitive, I'm so this, I'm so yeah. that. And then, then in the same breath they were turning around and passing judgment on me. And I sort of thought, well, if you yeah. were this person, you wouldn't be sitting in there passing judgment on me. So, yeah. you know, it was the first, yeah. first thing that was, it wasn't authentic to me. So I just sort of thought, well, you know. And so I, I kind of kept away from this whole idea of spiritual healing and all that sort of stuff. I just, you know, went 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 my own way, read read lots of different books. And I actually came, when came across really narcissism first. And I actually realized that there were people that just used the, the spirituality as another place to hide. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, and look, it's yeah. really easy, Nancy, to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I can mm. totally understand that. You know, it's like if you were, you know, buying a used car and you had a horrible experience of getting ripped off, and that might put you off buying a used car forever. So, I can understand all of that. I really, really can. And I guess the sad thing on, from that point of view is really. Spiritual solutions are the solution to heal from narcissistic abuse, which means you've got to do work on yourself. You've got to get to the bottom of why this went on emotionally, vibrationally, and do the work to heal yourself at an inner level. Now, that's spiritual work. You can't do that through your head. So, you know, it frustrates me a lot. Um, And I used to be the same woman when people are saying, you know... Just give me the answer, just give me the answer. I want the quick fix, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I was one of them. I didn't want to do the work on myself and it wasn't until I was forced to my knees that I did it. After doing it, I wonder why I put it off for so long because it was just so easy when I did that. Everything started you working do out it? going by. And that's right. Yeah. Once you actually so, do it, it is so much easier than you imagine. For some reason, we think, oh, having to do that is... is, is Involves all this pain and horror and and terrible things that we're going to you know go go and find something really awful out about ourselves or I'm not quite sure exactly what what we're so afraid yeah. of but yeah that it, it is it is much you know much when easier. we come home to ourselves it's relief it's relief mm-hmm. if you have a little girl outside of yourself five years of age and she is battered and shattered and screaming out. And you keep ignoring yourself, you don't come home to yourself, you push her away, you look to the outside, she gets worse and worse and worse. As soon as you turn around, pick her up, cuddle her and go, darling, I'm here. I want to love you, I want to heal you. She immediately feels support and relief. And that's what working on yourself is. And you know, and I do get frustrated by people that are continually emailing saying, give me the answer, give me the answer, and my answer is always the same thing. You've got to do the work on yourself. And if you're not prepared to do that, you're not going to get better. And I'm really strong about this because when I wasn't doing it, I nearly ended up dead. And I do not want anybody out there to avoid themselves and end up dead. And I tell you what, narcissistic relationships are one of the quickest ways to go down that path to being dead. And if not literally, emotionally. 
There are women yeah. 20, 30 years down the track that are dead. They may as well be dead because they're certainly yep. not alive and it's because they have not worked on themselves. So it needs to stop. You know. So that's what I'm all about. But anyway, that's getting a little bit off the topic in regard to what we're talking about, even though it is the same topic. Yeah, yeah, so no, yeah, we've actually got a lot of people in the chat room at the moment that are putting stuff up. And we've got uh, one lady who has said, I'm in a divorce with a narcissist. It's been going on for 2.5 years, emotionally, physically and financially exhausted. So what I can say to you is that this is that's actually a different topic than what we're talking about today, but email me. Email me with your stuff and I'll get back to you about what you need to do about that. So it's, my email address is melanie at melanietoniaevans.com. So, and I, I can work with you on that. That's not a problem. So, you know, on this topic of spiritual narcissism, and again, it's very, very important, you know, we can, especially when we're needy and we, we want to, you see, this is the whole thing about the narcissist. The narcissist turns up in our life as a glamour, as something that appears to be everything we've always wanted it to be. And as women, you know, and I'm sorry for men that are listening because I know men can do this too, but it's very, very much a woman thing, that there's this neediness inside us because we are women that wants to believe, that wants to fall into things, that wants to believe in the fairy tales. Now, unfortunately, love myths have been very, very damaging for female because they've given us this glamour and this belief that love just happens, that love just works out, that, you know, when you feel those intense feelings of love, that they're real. Now, falling in love is not real. It isn't real. And it's actually, you know, that intense feeling of falling in love that often falls flat and two people wake up and then they go, you're not who I wanted you to be to make me happy. And it's actually then that the real work of love in a relationship is going to take place if it's going to take place. Now, unfortunately, with a narcissist, there's no ground or platform or foundation for that to take place in any shape or form because this person is a narcissist. You can't have a love relationship in the true sense with a narcissist. It's an impossibility. So we've got to all go back to how do we ascertain, how do we know is somebody, how do we trust ourselves and how do we take our time? How do we not fall into the fairy tales, the myths, the intense feelings of love and inverted commas that lead us into the arms of people that are damaging? We've got to grow up and we've got to realise and unfortunately society never educated us about this, which I find astounding because really... You know, it's domestic violence, breakdown of relationships and generations that have been spawned from that that are creating all of the damage in our world. And, you know, the narcissistic individuals out in society and out in life, they occurred within families. So this is just a huge world issue. But we all need to take responsibility right here, right now and get ourselves right. Otherwise, we're only contributing to the problems and our own problems. And it's painful. It's awful. So, you know, ascertaining, first of all, we've got to do enough work on ourselves, otherwise we are going to fall into the trap of, oh, you know, our brain's going to go out the window and our heart's going to kick in, but our heart's leading us down the wrong path because our head is not doing its job on it properly. We've got to wait for the actions and we've got to look at things like that. 
So, and actually it's really interesting because one of the ladies in here, you know, has been writing about, you know, I thought he was going to take me away from my horrible childhood. I thought he'd be protective and stable. And that's so true. You've hit the nail on the head. As women, I used to do it too. My big thing was, and I've come from a background of abuse and fear and, and, and uh, you know, things that have been awful. So I was looking for a man with big, broad shoulders that was going to make me safe and protect me. Now, what I ended up picking each time I did that was not a rock. I got a hammer because <laughs> I hadn't learned to honour, respect and protect myself. And then once I did, I have ended up now with a great guy who is adds more to that. He is protective, loving and supportive. But it's the first time I experienced that because I did the work on myself. So, so that's what it's about. So... Yes, in, in, in regard to spiritual narcissism, I think we've, um, you know, we've both heard of the experiences of the spiritual gurus. I think a lot of people are aware of that. A lot of it, you know, in uh, Eastern religion, for example, you know, stuff can go on with that. So have you got anything you want to talk about in regard to that? Well, you know, I think, uh, I mean, you know, like, like you made the point earlier that as a society we weren't taught about about these people out there. But really, when you go looking through all the religions and all the scriptures, all the stuff is actually in there. But it's actually been rather hijacked and turned around to mean something else. And, and just say for yeah. an example, I'll give you something like, like even the Bible says, uh, love your neighbour as you love yourself. Now, we all... Yeah. I believe that to mean, right, well, you know, if we just spread the love around, we're fine, so we'll, we'll take care of everybody else. But if we're not loving ourselves yeah. in the first place, I mean, whatever we give out there is, is not real anyway. So, in a sense, right. we're, we're not really taking what's going on. And so, so I think religion specifically, and this is where it comes back to, you know, talking about spiritual narcissism, is... is it can be one of these places where these scriptures and everything are used against people in a fear basis rather than teaching what the scriptures themselves said was to love yeah. not not based yeah. on fear yeah. so yeah. Um, yeah. absolutely absolutely look what i really believe is that anything that is disempowering you and anything that is creating a codependency with you is not healthy. So, for example, I really, really am really quite abhorrent towards the guru idea. You know, the last thing I would ever want anybody calling me is a guru. Because That's right. First of all, first of all, I don't want people to be codependent to me and look for all the answers. I want to help people find their own answers so they don't need me. So if there is anybody there that has been in therapy for two or three or four or five or ten years and you are not empowered enough to walk your own life, you are not getting the right help. You're not. That's right. Because you're in a codependent situation where you're not empowered. It's like what Neil Donald Walsh says. He says, true masters create other masters. Now, and you know, this whole guru thing about that I have to look up to you for you to tell me what to do, initially and maybe yes. Initially but maybe yes, but really, no, but really, I mean, a real teacher is actually learning from you anyway. 
So, and they'll be the first to say that That's they're right. not the teacher, that they're the student themselves. So, you know, it's not, if anybody comes at you and, and, and behaves like I am the answer to everything, um, you sort, you've sort of got to, got to, uh, be rather wary. And especially like you made the point earlier, the first night you met your ex, that, um, yep. the first thing he did was told you all these wonderful things he were, was. Now, you yeah. know, when oh, it never it sort of occurred to me until I started looking through narcissism to actually sit down and tell somebody else what a wonderful person I am. Because it's just, yeah. I, I assume that they're not going to think anything bad unless I do something bad to them. So I don't really, I shouldn't really have to tell them how wonderful I am. But a yeah. narcissist, will yeah. that'll be the first thing that they do, is... is, is yeah. Yeah. have to convince you that they're already above you. That's right. That's exactly, exactly right. You know, and I think that the important thing is that we all need to realise that true self-empowerment is about being your own guru and it's That's about right. creating the resources within yourself to be your guru. I love what Louise Hay used to do when she was first doing her seminars. It was before she became world famous. She was going to these seminars and working with people with AIDS and they were going, help me, help me, help me. And she'd cuddle them and she'd say, you've got to realise you're your own saviour and that's what I'm here to show you. Mm-hmm. Now that is such a powerful message. And this is what we all need to do is get out of codependency and realise you are your own saviour. You are the person that is going to heal you because you know what? It's actually nobody else's job and nobody else can do it for you. People can show you the tools and the way that they've done it and I think that's what's really important and we've talked about this before um, in regard to narcissistic forums and other avenues of support. If there is somebody there who is still acting like a victim and leading the way and they haven't got the gift and the empowerment and they're not out the other side, how are they going to lead you there? They're not going to do exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, what you want, it's like if you were creating a business, you would be emulating somebody who found the formula for success. That's what you would be doing. But you know what? You want to emulate them so you do it for yourself. And that's what narcissistic abuse people need to understand. You have got to do it for yourself and you've got to find a way that somebody else has done it before you and emulate that because they've already got the formula. That's right. So and it's not about hanging Yeah. It's not about hanging out in the pain and the muck of it and saying, I'm a victim and I'm gonna stay there for the rest of my life because if you say that you will be. And if it's taking you two, three, five, ten years and you're still feeling like that, you're not getting the right answers and you're not applying the right solution. So, you know, and when you start doing that, this is all about you loving you. This is all about you loving you. And, yeah, somebody said I love Louise Hay. I love Louise Hay. I love her too and I think, you know, what was very empowering about her was she was the first one that stood up and said, you are your thoughts. You create yep. your life, you know. And 
And so much about narcissistic abuse recovery is when we take responsibility for that, then when we stop actually, uh, you know, blaming the narcissist and we say, you know, for whatever reason that I need it for my healing and my evolution, I created this. You know, I called this forward. I did it. Now, on a human level, of course we don't want to accept that. Like, we're like, why on earth would I have done that to myself? Why on earth would I have nearly lost my life and everything I believed in and what I thought was a great marriage and tons of money and my health? And But, you know, I know, we've talked about it so many times, Nancy, but we both yes. acknowledge it's what we yes. needed. Yes. And, you know, and that, that is the one thing that, like, like, I mean, even in the beginning there, you know, like someone says, said to me, you know, I, I needed to take, take start, oh, sorry, start again, I needed to start taking responsibility and I sort of thought, but I'm responsible for everything. I'm responsible for the mortgage and I'm responsible for how everything works out and I'm blamed for everything. How can I take more responsibility? But it was, it, it, but it was the point was, it was, responsibility for my part in it and why I was even there in the first place so it, it's yeah. one of those difficult things that when you say to somebody in those early stages is you know they really flip out about it and go well hang on but it's actually on, on a completely different level yeah 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 oh yeah look exactly and when we're stuck in victimhood we don't even want to see that you know, but uh, moving out of that, we do. But you know, but the thing is, energetic reality and law of attraction is saying, if I stay stuck in victimhood, I'm still vibrating at a level of abuse, which means I can be abused rather than I chose it and I allowed it to happen. So I can be abused. I'm powerless to abuse. Means you're only going to keep attracting it. So you've just signed up for the next narcissist in your life, which is a really horrible and sobering thought. You know, so it's going to be so easy for somebody to walk into your life like a spiritual narcissist and appear to be everything you want them to be and you're going to fall for it. And then after you fall for it, this person is going to show behavior that is obviously damaging. Your emotions are going to register it. You're not going to like it. It's going to feel revolting. But what you'll do is default back to your original, I wanted them to be this way, and you're going to hang in there and try and fix them and change them and fight for that, which means you're going to be more damaged. But also what you're, you realize, those, yeah, and what, what you're doing in those situations yeah, so is you're always looking outside yourself to, to fix it. Oh, if I can fix that person, it yeah. fixes everything. Well, there is no way that's ever going to happen. It's, it's only you're going to, you have to look internally. And, um, yeah, once you do that's find right. that... And that's what victims do. Yeah. And that's what victims do. And that's what we did when we were in those sort of situations and we were saying, well, you're wrong. I need you to make me... I need you to get healthy and right for me to be happy. And it's my right to try and force you to be that. That's victim behaviour. And really, you know, victims feel like they're the ones being controlled. They're the ones being abused. But victims are actually abusive and controlling in their behaviour. Because what right do we have to change another human being against their will? We don't. That's right. And that's, you know, that's and a it, cold you know, bucket of cold water on your face. But it's the truth. And, and, you, and you step back and you get to the point, right, well, I'm, you know, I'm not going, going to change this person or any other person that's in your life. But as soon as you actually find out that you get into a situation where... Um, 
might might be you know with someone else or another interaction and as soon as as soon as you're you're trying to impose your will on how you want them to be you actually see the whole thing collapse and then you go oh look what i'm doing because i'm i'm doing it again you know i'm still trying to um control my environment so to speak so so once you start to see how you're doing that, then it's it's much easier to pull back and go, not like just yeah, just step out, just don't participate in it if it's if it's not suiting you. So that's right, that's right. And um, we've had a really interesting comment, and I love this. You know, Mel, I met a man a few months ago who displayed narcissistic behaviour too, and like you said, I started to fall into it all over again. Okay, and that's a true indication you haven't healed yet. Because if you're still vibrating at victim abuse, you're going to keep drawing people that are going to deliver more victim abuse. So you've got to do the work on yourself. And then when you do the work on yourself, you're going to rise above that vibration and you're going to yin and they're going to yang and they're not even going to come into your space. You'll start attracting people that match you. So that's what it got very confusing about the whole spiritual new age concept. I'm a loving, giving person. I can't attract nasty people. It's not about that. It's about your predominant emotional unconscious charges. And they're powerful and they create a reality. If you've got a powerful um, unconscious charge within your body cells which, which vibrates at fear of abuse and I can be abused and I feel powerless, well, you are going to draw in people that are going to prove that to be right. So you've got to heal you. And when you heal you, if any of those people turn up in your life, then you've got to be, you will, you will just completely observe it. You go, not my reality, not plain. And it'll be easy. And then the people that you do attract that actually are a match for what you do want, you'll play with them. But you'll do it in a respectful space where you honor yourself. Women are very, very bad at falling straight in. It's a chronic worldwide issue. And unfortunately, it is really letting men off the hook of stepping up and honouring women. And I don't blame men at all. I actually blame women because women hand themselves over emotionally, physically and mentally way too quickly. And I used to do it too. And it's not inspiring men to respect women. They don't have to. What would they? And I'm even talking about decent guys, not even narcissists. So, yeah, this lady just said, I thought I'd been working on myself. If you go for it again, you haven't done enough. And it's simple. It doesn't mean you have a fear of abuse. true. Because you have a distorted view of what love is. Correct. That's absolutely hit the nail on the head. You need to do more work on yourself. And the real question is, are you prepared to do that? Are you prepared to change it? Because and, and, and you know, to go when back I on went it. through my stuff, I did three and a half years on my own, and I was battered to a pulp on every level. I really was. I took three and a half years to put myself back together and get it right. Because you know what, I was never going to go through that again. And it worked. Yeah. It worked. And I'm not saying you've got to take that long. I was never even meant to recover. You know. But it took that long for me and it was worth every... And the most, Do you know what? I'll never, ever stop looking back at that time in my life and, and know how glorious it was to come home to me. That was the most special thing I've ever done for myself. So that's what we all need to do. Sorry, what were you going to say, Gail? 
I was, yeah, sorry, yeah, no, that was fine. I was just going to go back to the earlier comment that this lady made about um, falling into it again, and it's in, and she made the comment that it pulls you down twice as low, and actually that's correct every time that you end up in one of these situations, it'll get worse and worse and worse. And it's not saying anything about your deservedness, it's saying that there's something that you need to do within yourself to stop that occurring again. Did you find that, Melanie, that in your in your life that every time you ended up it, it, yeah. like when we were younger it wasn't so hard to pull away from these things, but over the years it, it really takes a toll and it does come to get worse. Oh, like every experience. took a breakdown over a year ago, lost my best friend, my brother and three weeks ago, my sister, you poor darling. Yeah, yeah. So and, you know, and, yeah. and sometimes it does, you know, it does take, our soul is an ingenious device and I love it when you understand it because your soul goes, come on, giddy up, I want you to feel whole, I want you to come home to yourself, I want you to get this, you are meant to be a whole and complete human being experiencing life and love at the highest level, that's all your soul is interested in. Now, if you're disconnected from that truth, the bigger the gap, the more the pain. The more the pain, the more out of sync, the more you're going to attract things that are going to wake you up to bring you back home. So for me, I call it the signpost. I had a dozen signposts, at least in regard to relationships. Kept missing every single one of them. Didn't want to do the work on myself. Thought I had it sorted. Could absorb myself in either the next relationship or work or myself or my vanity or whatever it was. Just stay superficial and not listen to it. Until eventually a huge big billboard crashed on top of me which left me nowhere to go. And I'm so grateful that happened. But I really espoused that... People don't have to go to where I went. And I do work with a lot of people that go to where I went. And it's really interesting because when people come forward to me and we start doing quantum healing sessions and they're bawling their eyes out on the phone and they're going, I can't take it anymore, you know what? There's a part in me feeling the joy of that and going, hallelujah, this is so beautiful. Because I know when they have had enough and there's nowhere else to go, the only way is up. And it's time exactly to come home right. itself and they're going to do it. Mm. A breakdown. Yeah, totally. I, I know I use those words myself. Hey, I use those very words myself the first time I spoke, spoke to you is that I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I just, something yeah, has to I change. I have to, I have to change it. So, yeah. I know, I know, I know. And, um, yeah, this lady's saying, I don't mind the work. I couldn't possibly walk around with more pain, absolutely, that I carry now. I just don't know where to go from here. Okay, so what you need to do is contact me because absolutely I do have solutions. Absolutely, that's what I do, is people recovering from narcissistic abuse. So you're here for a reason. Send me an email and I'll send you the solutions. You know, and a lot of my solutions have a full money-back guarantee because I believe in them so much and you don't have to risk anything. But you've got to be prepared to put in the resources and the effort. 
And if you want to do that, well, you can, you'll heal. Absolutely you'll heal. And a lot of people, you know, like that was your experience, Nancy. It didn't take you long to get better. No, it didn't. You know? But you, you know, yeah. But um, oh, yeah. But I was, I was at that point. I, I had been doing like this lady here says. I had been had been doing work on myself, but it it just wasn't on that level that the quantum healing gave me. I guess you know it, it, that I think I could have been mucking around with that stuff for years, really, to um, to um, probably get past some of those points that that the quantum healing did very quickly. And I, once I did it, I was so grateful for it because I could feel I always knew this stuff was there, but I couldn't identify it, if, you, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, yeah after, that makes perfect sense. And, and after, obviously, I did the quantum healings, I... It, it sort of I was I was able to start identifying my own stuff and having a look at it rather than going why the hell am I feeling like this so yeah yeah so yeah yeah absolutely and you know and that's what does it that's what really but it's it's about getting to it at the real level the real real soul deep vibrational level that's where the real healing takes place. And, you know, I was really, really lucky because what happened with me was when I got completely smashed out of my head, it was an experience of knowing what the truth was and how to do it. And then, of course, it took me bit by bit by bit to formulate it and put it together and crawl my way forward. But then it all fell together. And then when it fell together, it was it was easy. It was easy. Yeah, exactly. And what she's saying, I feel like at this point it's the cellular level. Exactly. And, and that's the exactly, only level I agree it with can that as take well. place. Yep. Totally. Because if you do yep. it through your head, your head's trying to change your cellular level and it takes a lot of concerted effort, it takes an enormous amount of time to detangle your old emotional addiction to peptides, victim peptides, which cellularly are so hard to control through your head. But if you get the shift at a cellular level on all of that, then it just becomes easy. Easy, easy, easy. And then you can line up and back yourself and start creating the real you and come home to you without that horrible, horrible struggle. You know, and I did the horrible struggle for a long time before I finally cracked and found the answers. And, you know, it's great. It's great because... All the old paradigm about all of this, you know, healing from spiritual narcissism, if you go down the contemporary model, the contemporary model has an incredibly poor success rate. But really the contemporary belief is that if you have been severely narcissistically abused, that you may recover enough to function, but you may never be able to sustain a healthy love relationship again because your trust has been shattered on every level and so have you. And when you sort it out cellularly, that is, so not the reality you need to live in any shape or form. And in fact, you know, that trust and that empowered level soars a hundredfold over how you felt about yourself, life and love even before the narcissist turned up because finally you've come home to truth and being that guru to yourself and that creator to yourself. And that's why we've been through narcissistic abuse. I really do believe that every woman that signed up for this on a soul level wanted that level of empowerment because that's why it happens, because it's a make-or-break deal. You're either going to get that level of empowerment or you're going to stay shattered. 
There is no in-between with narcissistic abuse. So it was all for a beautiful, incredible reason. And once you start working towards that and you get that, you get to become that. And, oh, my goodness, you know, it makes it all so worth it on every level. And it may feel like a quantum leap from where you're at now, but when you get to that... Yep, and and just 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 want to add to that, that that point you made earlier is when you actually go through a healing after narcissistic abuse, you actually do get to a better place than you were even before it, because yeah. I mean obviously to even end up in a narcissistic situation means you've got some sort of codependency issues, so you've always and lived boundaries. with them and bad boundaries. And yeah, you know, and you've always been looking outward yeah. to solve your problem. So when you actually go through your healing and you realise you don't have to do that anymore, the, the the place you arrive at is so much more secure and comfortable than you've ever been before. So, you know, and I think that's a really, really, really good point about, like, when people say, oh, God, why, well, you know, or whatever, why has this happened to me? And this is this has happened because it's going to show you something that you never knew before about yourself. <laughs> That's right. And something that you've actually called forward on a deep level, and it's really, really interesting with people that when they actually do start going through their healing and they start shifting, everybody in it, you know, really does come to a place where they go, you know what, I really did want to become authentic. I really did want to become empowered. There's a part, you know, I know for me that I was searching for a lot of that for a long time, never actually committing to it and never actually really finding my answers on it. But I knew it's what I wanted. Like a lot of women that do get caught up in narcissistic abuse are actually very, very spiritual people that really do want that ascension. They do want that incredible experience of being at one with themselves and at one with life. And they've skirted around the edges and never actually found it or never committed to it, or and both. So what's I happened totally, is... I totally, totally agree with that, yeah. I know certainly yeah. that was the way it and, was for me. And yeah. I haven't actually met one person that committed to healing, and, you know, 98% of the people that I talk to go, yep, I get it, I want to heal, I want to go forward. 2% go, well, no, or they resisted, or they're not ready, and that's cool. You know, they just haven't had enough yet. But everybody that does commit to it gets to a point where they go, you know what? That actually was a quest I was on. I really did want that. So when yeah. this soul said, all right, well, you're not finding it, and maybe you're never going to because you're flossing around the edges a lot. So you know what? Let's create a big, massive experience in your life that's going to force you to because it's actually what you really do want to do. Well, this is going to sound a little bit a little bit out there, but I remember coming out of my second relationship and I was just, you know, and I was confused about the whole thing about what had gone on and everything else and where I was in my life and, and you know, I was in my early 30s and, and then just one day I just sort of turned around I sort of looked up at the sky and went, okay, bring it on. And boy, did it bring it on. I just sort of thought, now, now when I think back about it, I, I actually laughed to myself. I thought, well, yeah, you said sat there and actually asked for it. <laughs> so um, isn't that yeah. funny? And they say, be it careful is. what you ask for. <laughs> be, be, be very careful well, what I you think ask, we all for. ask for. This. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I think we all ask for this. We really do. And also, we've got. Another comment. This is great, the chat room today. You guys are really getting into it. Thank you so much for your feedback. Uh, we've got here, and be careful with practitioners about 
out there who do coaching and healing and do not know about narcissistic abuse, changing the way you look at a partner. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, big yes, yes. to that. I've seen that yes. so many times. I've had clients come forward from things like Landmark who have been forced to contact ex-narcissistic people that they have got off the hook from for months or years and then got re-hooked because they've been forced to contact them. Because landmarks do not know and understand that this is like pushing people back onto a heroin needle. And I find that atrocious and very, very disturbing. And also too, you know, I really think there's a lot of stuff out there that it's all about, you know, you've got to forgive and you've got to make amends, which is lovely if you're dealing with a human being. That's great. But if you're dealing with a narcissist, you are just lining up to be more prey again. So I agree. Anybody out there that is dealing with a narcissistic relationship, you need somebody who knows and preferably has been through it themselves. Otherwise, they've got no idea what you're dealing with. And that's right. And and and, and you know, and and you know, on that on that comment, I mean, it's actually the victim that's actually going to end up being psychoanalyzed as a ta- ta- to be the cause of it all. And that's where all the da- damage gets done. I mean, you know, I know that's myself. Right. At one stage, I, I went to see you. Yeah, I went to see it, to see a counsellor, and you know, it was sort of like it was, everything get, get was back to oh, it's your tone, or it's your this, or it's your that, and you sort of thinking, yeah. well, you know, I suppose in some instances you can see that, but for the for the behaviour that was going on, I sort of thought, well, if he wants tone, I'll give him tone. <laughs> but um, it, yeah, it, yeah, it was it was me that had all these problems. It wasn't it wasn't him. And yeah. that's, you know, if anybody that ends up in a, in that situation where they're trying to get help from people that really don't understand, there's more damage is going to be done to the victim. Well, that's right. That's right. And I really do warn people against, you know, if your narcissist agrees to joint counselling with you, don't do it. Don't do it. No. Unless you're with a counsellor that really has been through narcissism and understands it, and otherwise, it's just going to get manipulated, turned around. You're going to become more powerless. It's a very, very dangerous situation, you know. And it's just another attempt to try and fix him and get help where you're going to get stripped, you're going to get more confused. He's going to twist and turn and manipulate things and you're going to end up worse off than when you started. So it's just, you know, it is a phenomena. It's like nothing... It's not like normal relationship breakdowns or problems. It's a huge thing and it requires a huge amount of understanding and it needs cellular healing for you to get empowered. And that's just the way it goes. It really, really is the way it goes. Can you believe, Nancy, we're nearly out of time? I just looked so, at the time. You know, look, everybody... <laughs> hey? I just looked at the time myself and I thought, where did that go? <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, you know, yes, what a great topic you came up with. We did get a little bit off the track. But, we did. But I really yeah. think we did. Yeah. I think we got the main points across that were I very, so, very yeah. important for people to understand. Um, yeah. Yes, look... Spiritual narcissism does exist, and look, especially on the guru level, my goodness, there's an enormous amount of narcissistic supply that can be gained from a narcissist being at a guru level, 
playing out, uh, whether it be in the self-empowerment field, whether it be in the religious field. Um, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, unfortunately, and that's okay. The mm-hmm. main point is to become your own guru and to really work with people spiritually that are going to empower you, not make you codependent on them, not get supply and adoration from you. They want you to become the best person that you can become. And then you know you're on the right track. Absolutely. So thank you, thank you everybody for um, participating in the chat room. And I've just put the exit music on. And another technological glitch. I think it's my computer. I think there's something with it. <laughs> but I can't hear that music going. Can you hear the music no, going? No, yes? it's not going. Yes, here it is. Oh, there it is. We can yep. hear it now. It was just taking its time. All right, everybody. Say goodbye, Nance, because we've only got a few seconds. <laughs> okay, goodbye, everybody. Okay, goodbye, goodbye everybody, and Nancy, and I'll see you next month. And okay. for those of you oh, in the chat room, month. thank you very, very much. Bye-bye, lots of love. Okay, bye, everyone. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.